catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodger fans? Hope you're having a nice evening. This is Kevin Klein speaking. Your Dodgers are 85 and 54, running away with the division. Little down in the dumps in the month of September. Not going to lie. I was feeling a little bit sad myself. Starting to get a little depressed with this team, just with the play and some incidents that we're going to get into. But Ryan Pepio really put me in an upbeat mood tonight. My goodness. Talk about a resurgence, turning our season around, kind of saving this Dodgers rotation. Flirted with perfection tonight. Took a perfect game into the seventh inning. Josh Bell broke it up with two outs in the seventh to snap what was a perfect game for Ryan Pepio. But you got to look at the positives here. Dodgers were getting decimated with injuries and Julio Arias being an asshole. We didn't really know what this Dodgers rotation was going to look like moving forward. But Ryan Pepio almost was ruled out, ruled out, written off, I should say, because he missed so much of the season early on due to the oblique and then rib injury. But he's really stepped it up in the limited starts that he's provided for the Dodgers thus far. He's an 086 ERA. My goodness. I got more thoughts on him in a second. I got Jake Reiner with me. We are live on YouTube, so feel free to ask questions in a little bit. We will do some Q&As, but Jake Reiner, how you doing? My goodness, Ryan Pepio, what a story. Yeah, he totally changed the whole mood of this podcast because if the Dodgers had gotten swept by the Marlins, I think we would have been kind of outraged and going on some sort of tear and ripping this team a new one. I was prepared to talk about how embarrassing this lineup is versus left-handed pitching and how badly Rosario, Chris Taylor, although he's been a little bit better lately, Kike Hernandez has kind of slipped a little bit. I was about ready to, you know, ring the alarm bell uh, for this team because it, it was not looking good there for a while. But Ryan Pepio, what a job. This offense put up 10 runs too, which we hadn't seen that in a little bit. It felt like they ripped through August. It was like an immaculate month for them. And as soon as the calendar flipped to September, they forgot how to score runs. So really, really nice job by Ryan Pepio. At the beginning of the season, he got injured, as we all know. But I was thinking, this is just not looking good for his young career. I mean, last year, he was struggling with command. He couldn't find the strike zone. He was getting hit a bit. And then this year, it just started off on a bad note. He couldn't get going. He got hurt. And, and ever since he's been back, he's been way more aggressive in the strike zone. He's figured out that these hitters can't really touch his best stuff. So no reason to get cute up there. No reason to, you know, try and be perfect out there. He's just got to go out there and throw strikes. And that's been the result. So I, I couldn't be happier with him. He's emerged at just the right time with this starting rotation kind of in peril at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, these stats, if he could keep this up, this is unreal. We already mentioned the 086 ERA. He's now had uh, four appearances under his belt, 21 innings thrown and 052 whip 17 strikeouts over 21 innings thrown 
The opposition is hitting 127 against him. He's only allowed one home run in those 21 innings, nine hits, two earned runs. The guy has a lot of confidence. He's got three pitches in his arsenal now. We already knew he had a pretty devastating changeup that he just needed to get command of. And then add on top, he has a fastball with a lot of life on it. The spin rate is absolutely electric. He can dial it up to 95, 96 consistently. And he's added a slider that we kind of saw him try to use last season. Didn't really have great commands with it, but he's really, he's really improved on the ability to throw the slider. And I think that's been the difference for Ryan Pepio in his career development. No longer a two pitch pitcher. He's got three pitch, three pitches that he can throw effectively. And so if you're a Dodgers fan right now, talking about Ryan Pepio starting in October. I think this is a realistic conversation that Dodger fans need to have because right now, based off performance and health, I think Ryan Pepio is your game three starter in October. Yeah, we'll see. I think that it it's going to play out the rest of this month. We have a few weeks left of the season. And if Ryan Pepio continues to pitch this way and Lance Lynn continues to pitch the way he's been pitching lately, which is not good at all, I don't think you really have a choice. I think you have to go with the hot hand. Who's ever uh, ready to roll into October. I think you got to go with that. And so you're, you're looking at Kershaw, although we'll get into Kershaw in a little bit. I'm a little concerned about him, but Kershaw, Pepio and Miller uh, are your top three starting pitchers right now. Lance Lynn has, has kind of fallen off uh, the last three starts. He's been pretty bad. So it's something to monitor. But basically, if he continues pitching like this, you got to start him in the postseason. Third man of our show has joined us. Let me introduce, you know him well on Instagram. He is my go-to if you need to watch Dodger games on the go. Dodger underscore fan underscore page 88. Danny is in the house. Danny, what's up? We were talking about Ryan Pepio. Hey, what's up? Um, well, you talk about, you've heard this phrase, you got to go with who got you there. Well, here's the deal. Um, for the Dodgers, you got to go with who you have. And that's just it. It's not who you got, who got you there. It's who you have. And right now I'm saying your number one is still Clayton Kershaw. You got to go number one, Clayton. I know he struggled this last game. But he's got your most playoff experience. Then, right there, number two, is Bobby Miller. Bobby Miller could easily be number one. He really could be. Bobby Miller is a solid number two right now. And then, Ryan Pepio is your number three. And then, number four, that's your toss-up. Emmett Sheehan, uh, Lance Lynn, Ryan Yarbrough. Maybe a mix, maybe an Emmett Ryan or a Lance Ryan. Um, Lance is concerning because homeboy is like Oprah Winfrey. You get a home run, you get a home run, you get a home run, you get a home run. And, and I feel for the guy because he hates it. He genuinely wants to win. He is so excited to be in Los Angeles. But you know what? Yeah, Ryan today, wow, dude. His last two outings, dude, he, he is earn the spot on this rotation in the playoffs. Yes, absolutely. And they were kind of keeping him off the roster to manipulate his service time, but they have to just throw that extra year out the window because they need him now. They need to get his confidence up because they need him in October. Forget the extra year. Forget that he's a Scott Boris client. The Dodgers need to win now. Danny mentioned Clayton Kershaw. Well, let's get into Clayton Kershaw to change subjects here dealing with some pretty serious injuries. It sounds like I think the Dodgers are kind of trying to guide us in a different direction, undermining how serious the shoulder injury might be. But I agree, Danny, that if Clayton Kershaw is right, he is your game one starter, but that's the biggest question that's going on in my head. And probably most Dodger fans, right? Heads right now is Clayton Kershaw, right? Because there's a pretty alarming stat thrown out by Mike Petrillo of MLB in his last five starts since coming off the injured list, he's got like a 257 ERA, which you'll live with. But his FIP, which is the more advanced metric, is in the sixes. And we saw it with his most recent outing. I think he had five walks, gave up three runs. Command has just kind of been off since coming back off the injured list. And maybe the most concerning part for me was the velocity was down. He was topping out at like 88 miles per hour. 
Yeah, I was and the look that up. The last two starts, Kershaw has been living at 88 and 89. That's very concerning. Dave Roberts talked about how his shoulder injury is contributing to this, which is not good. We're at the beginning of September. He's going to have to make a few more starts before the postseason, and I'm I'm very worried about him. Um, he is has been injury prone throughout his career. And to get an injury right now is just the worst timing uh, for this rotation because they really need him. It's not like they, you know, have a, a, a Max Scherzer or a Hugh Darvish or a Zach Granke or some other big name starter that they can rely on in the postseason. Uh, Urias is among those. Um, they really do need Kershaw. And for him, this is very concerning for me. I, I really hope that mm-hmm. he can make it to the postseason at least, uh, you know, strong, because if he, if he goes out there and, and is throwing 88, 89 in the playoffs, we're, we're, we're in trouble. Um, and the last time he had that type of performance, 2021, I think the very next day they put him on the injured list. They put him on the IL. Um, his velo, I mean, his velocity, everything was just down. So, and Dave Roberts says, we're not giving him time off. We're going to keep pitching him. He's got to get ready for the playoffs. I'm like this, skip his next start. Skip his next start, bring in one of the other guys, and then bring him back in. Maybe give him a, a, a start off, but I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that logic. I think we've got three weeks left, three and a half weeks left, give or take. I would try to minimize as much with Clayton Kershaw as possible at this point, maybe give him two, three starts, just something that keeps him tuned up, but he can't be going out there right now as a regular starter because I do fear for the worst. Saw a comment in the the chat from Michael Carrillo mentioning that Kershaw is going to retire after this year. You can see it in his face. I don't know if he's going to retire if he's healthy, but if he does have to undergo some type of serious procedure in the off season, that could be it for Clayton Kershaw. And that's kind of what my worry is right now is that he's pushing himself. He might be trying to battle an injury and, like Tony Gonsolin, and it could just aggravate it. And maybe we do this. Maybe your, your starter game one is Kershaw for four or five innings and Ryan come in and piggyback the rest of that. And maybe that's your playoff one right there. Um, Kershaw and Ryan Yarbrough one, then Bobby Miller two, Ryan Pepio three, and a Emmett Sheehan, Lance Lynn four. Yeah, Maybe. I think I, I think yeah, I, I think that could uh, that could work. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough is going to be the wild wild card here. He's he's going to factor into this postseason rotation at some point. He's not going to start, but he's going to be a part of it to be the bulk guy in, in any one of these games, either it's scheduled or it's when the starter gets in trouble, he comes in and kind of saves the day. The thing with Kershaw though, that he's always said about his future is, is if he feels he's not pitching to the ability that he knows he can pitch to, he's going to hang it up. So it's about, can he still get hitters out at, at a clip that is a, a serviceable clip? And that's going to be the question. Not necessarily the injury, although you could have an injury where it's there's no coming back from it. But that's something that we have to that we have to monitor. If if he is pitching well, I can't see him, you know, not coming back the following year. But it all depends. I mean, this is a very crucial month for a lot of different reasons for Kershaw's future, for the Dodgers' future, for the Dodgers' playoff success. A lot is riding on his shoulders, and it's kind of funny though when you think about it because. In the early part of his career, he was it. I mean, really. I mean, with those Don Mattingly teams, they sent him out there to die. He got roughed up in the seventh inning a lot in these postseason games because they didn't really have anybody to bring in after him. And now, you know, 13, 14 seasons later, we're still needing him. We're, we still have to rely on him so heavily in the playoffs. It's just, it's just kind of remarkable, not only how great he's been, but the fact that we're here again. And the reality is this. Okay, look. Um, look at your 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 old guys. Okay, um, uh, Verlander. Verlander has a a good playoff record, except the World Series. He's like one in seven or one in six in World Series games. But 
you know, okay, then you look at, um, what's his name? Uh, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer kind of flaked out on the Dodgers, you know, because he really wanted his max money. money. And guess what? He's starting to flake out on the Texas Rangers. And you know what? And, and I'm, I'm wondering if it is an age thing. And Kershaw, okay, here's the deal. Kershaw is close to 3,000 strikes. That might make Kershaw want to come back. I don't know if Kershaw is a numbers guy. I don't think he is. You know, his persona says he's not. He's not about image. He's not about all that. However, the romance of baseball, we would love to see him in Dodgers get his 3,000 strike. We would love to see that. Um, If he does retire this year, hopefully he retires a champion and he retires a Dodger. Um, I, I think, you know what? I still think he comes back for one more season. I think he does too. If he's healthy, I don't think he wants to retire. It would have to be a serious injury that forces him into retirement. I think especially with the possible acquisition of Shohei Otani in the off season, he'd want to at least have one year where he gets to play with Shohei Otani. I think that'd be quite a remarkable experience for both of them. So I'm holding out hope. So we will just continue to monitor the situation, but you know, it, it does have me nervous. This is a pretty good question that came on X from West coast dude. 84 is Bobby Miller, the number one starter for the playoffs. If the playoffs started today, what would your playoff rotation look like? I'm going to start with Jake because the other week Jake was pretty adamant that he was starting Lance Lynn over Bobby Miller. I'm going to guess that you've changed your tone recently, though, based off how both these two pitchers have performed. If David was here, he'd be starting Lance Lynn game one still, though. <laughs> no, I, I don't think David would be starting Lance Lynn game one. But I, when I made when I made that take was when Lance Lynn was pitching well and the Dodgers still had Julio Urias. So that's obviously changed uh, in, in a number of ways. We don't have Julio anymore. and. Lance Lynn has been terrible since I made that take. And I think that you, you can't just, you can't ignore what's going out on the field. If you've got a guy that's just giving up home runs, like he is left and right. I mean, I get it that with the white Sox, Lance Lynn was, you know, volatile and he got hit hard pretty much every time out. But when he came to the Dodgers, it looked like he was kind of locked in and, and found something different there. Although over the last three starts, it's been it's been kind of horrendous. So I'm looking at what's going out on the field. I don't think that you can start Lance Lynn in any one of the first three spots in this rotation. So what I would do is kind of what we were discussing before is go Kershaw one, Miller two, Pepio three, and then uh, Lance Lynn. I would have him start game four and then go from there and, and see, you know, if, if we can maybe use Ryan Yarbrough. Now, look, here's the thing. Depending on on the workload that Ryan Yarbrough does, um, you could use him multiple times in the series. It just depends on the workload because you're because if you have him kind of ready to go off the back of Kershaw in game one, you could certainly bring him back for game four, depending on how much workload he's done then, in, in any one of those games. And then let's say you do that. Let's say you bring him back, but then you need him the very next day. You have Emmett Sheehan. Emmett right. Sheehan can also pick up a few innings. I need so, to see more. I need to see more consistency from Emmett Sheehan in the rotation, uh, in order for me to 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 put him in the in a playoff moment like that. I, I just would see need to see a little more consistency. Right. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, so, and, and that's why I said, we, we always say go with who got you there. That's why I said Dodgers right now, you got to go with what you got. Yeah. You know, because we don't have Dustin May. We don't have Tony Gonsolin. We don't have Julio Urias. Um, you know, we don't have those those guys anymore. This is who you have. And so it's going to be interesting to see um, the management of the rotation in the bullpen. Yeah. So so to, to answer the question and dial in, Bobby Miller is certainly much closer to a game one starter than he would be as a game three or game four starter. He is knocking on the door potentially as the Dodgers game one starter. When I was adamant about this a few weeks ago and both my co-hosts disagreed with me, I thought I was crazy or something. I was like, I was, I was just thinking to myself, am I missing something? Are we just really high on Lance Lynn here? Are we really low on Bobby Miller? But I mean, it's a lock at this point after what Bobby Miller did against the Atlanta Braves throwing seven dominant innings. You have to, this is the second time he's had a great outing against the Braves as well. The only Dodgers pitcher to have really any success against them this season. If Clay Kershaw continues to struggle down the stretch, you're going to have to throw Bobby Miller game one. This is a guy who has the electric fastball, 101 miles per hour, has awesome secondary pitches, and he's not afraid of the moment, at least thus far. He's made it pretty clear he wants to be out there. He's a competitor. You know what's scary about Bobby Miller? What scares fans about Bobby Miller in the playoffs, he's a rookie, no experience. So let's address that for a minute. A rookie with no experience. The Dodgers are going through injuries, and we bring up this kid, Bobby Miller, who I thought, no, 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 bring him up next year. And what does he do? He does something that hasn't been done since like 1906. He throws three games of five-plus innings, scoreless scoreless three games or one run anyway what he did as a rookie has not been done since 1906 so like you said he is not afraid of the moment yes he had a bad inning against the Giants yes he had a bad inning against I can't remember the other team however Bobby's last bad inning the very next two innings after that last bad inning were one, two, three innings. It was and the then, diamond. It, it was the Diamondbacks. Yes, and then his last start, his very next start after that, was against the mighty Braves, in that powerhouse lineup. And what does he do as a rookie? He shuts it down. So I think the playoffs are going to be another. I'm not afraid of the big moment for well, Bobby. Yeah, and also. And also you you look at you just mentioned Bobby Miller against against the against the Braves, a playoff team. Ryan Pepio against the Marlins, a potential playoff team. The other starting pitchers in the in those series did not pitch well. Uh so there there's that. There there is there is evidence that they that they can they can, they can meet the moment. My my thing was is when you have at the time Kershaw, Arias, Lynn, guys with postseason experience that's what I would like to lean on most when it comes to the playoffs. But if they're not available injury or otherwise, or they're pitching just absolutely terribly, you, you simply cannot go with that. You, you have to go with what, with what is working right now. And the one guy we haven't talked about yet is Walker Bueller. Now, I don't know what, what the, what the status on him is right now. I mean, he pitched a, a, a rehab outing in triple a couple of scoreless innings, which was great. I don't know what how we can you know what we can count on from him, but he's going to pitch again tomorrow, right? So I'm cautiously optimistic about him because Walker Bueller's a dog. He's a gamer, and you know if he's healthy to go, he's going to want the ball. So you you may not even have to go with Lance Lynn if you don't want to if you've got Walker Bueller available. So that's another kind of wild card that that's in the mix. And, and here's the thing for Walker Bueller. The reason I didn't mention him in the rotation is because he's currently not on the team. Secondly, well, yes. secondly is because when he does come back, I only see 
two inning stints, two inning outings. I only see two or three inning outings. So he may piggyback after Kershaw. He may piggyback after Lynn, at least the first playoff series. And then he may start the next series because here's what they're going to do. They are going to ramp him up. They're not going to just throw him in and give him six innings. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, so glad we brought up Walker Buehler because the key date with him is he could be activated September 18th, so that's less than two weeks away. It gives him about maybe two or three regular season starts. So we talked about Miller, Kershaw. Those are your game one, game two guys, regardless if healthy. Ryan Pepio looks like he's locking himself in for game three. And then, yeah, game four is the big wild card with Walker Buehler potentially being in the mix. Maybe he's an extended opener, gives him three, four innings max. Then they go to a bullpen, whether it's Yarborough, Sheehan, Stone. Gavin Stone, I think, is still in the equation as well. He looked phenomenal against the Red Sox. I think the Dodgers will probably bring him up again pretty soon. Or they just go a full-fledged bullpen game. But, I mean, I hate to be the negative guy here, but Lance Lynn is terrible. He is pitching worse for the Dodgers right now than he did for the Chicago White Sox. 495 ERA on the season is better than what he has with Chicago, but he has a 666 FIP. That is flat out garbage. That is worse than what he had with the White Sox. He's also giving up more home runs at a pretty alarming rate than he did with the White Sox as well. It's 2.7 home runs per nine innings. When you got a guy who, as joked earlier, is like Oprah handing out home runs left and right, those last two starts against the Braves and the Marlins has me almost writing him off because I don't give a shit that he dominated a mediocre Rockies and Oakland athletics team. I need to see what he looked like against playoff contenders. And so far he shit the bed. He did well against the Brewers. So I'll give him credit there. But these last two starts, he's really shit the bed. He was kind of average against the Red Sox as well. He's given up. He gave up 24 hits over his last three starts. Um, the ERA is 1080, which is insanely high an absurd amount of home runs and he has three strikeouts total in the last three starts, three freaking strikeouts, no swing and miss stuff. How are you going to count on that in October? Let me ask you this, Kevin, since you seem pretty sold on this, if Lance Lynn turns it around these next few, next few weeks and he pitches well against decent competition or just pitches well, just heading into October, do you still are you still writing him off or or is or you're you're out on him regardless? Not out on him regardless. It it all comes down to how does he look? If he just yeah. goes out there, dominates again, it depends who he's facing though. If he's facing the Padres. Yeah, so like I'm not high on the Padres, but if he just dominates them, I'll take it cuz they do have good hitters in their lineup. If he dominates the Giants, you know, it doesn't matter how bad the Giants are. They always get to the Dodgers. If he dominates them, I'll take it as well. But if he is pitching like this down the rest of the way, then yeah, I'm out regardless. If he has even one more blow up start like this and pitches well, the other three starts or whatever, I'm still done because this is too much of a liability and the Dodgers offense would not be able to overcome these types of deficits against good teams in the play. All right, so let's hit that up real quick. Dodger offense. Um, When he was playing against the Braves, if the Dodger offense was dominant, do you think he would have pitched better? Do you think he would have made different pitches? Do you think he would not have been as desperate as he might have been? I I don't. That's think a good so. question. Wasn't it? He got hit pretty hard early, right? Like the fourth inning. Right. Yep. The fourth inning. Yes, it was the fourth inning. Or wait, no, no. The one game it was the sixth inning. The first mess up, or the second inning. The first mess up. <laughs> Dude just lost it, I think, in the second inning. But the next game, I think it was the fourth. The against the Marlins, he he pitched he pitched four scoreless, and then I think it was the fifth. Oh, the, no, maybe the sixth, or that maybe it was the sixth. It, it I can't was remember. the it, fifth because he didn't. go I'm five. looking it up right now. One inning was just a, an abomination. Um, no, I, I honestly, I, I don't, I don't know if those things correlate because, you know. The, the the pitching side of things is still, you still got to get guys out. So yep. if he's not doing that, then he's not doing his job, regardless of what the offense was doing. And the offense really hasn't been doing much the past few games, uh, uh, you know, minus today. Yeah. And I mean, another point is 
you can expect in the playoffs for these games to be close. If it, if he can't handle being in a close game, then that's on him. I don't care yeah. if the offense is flat. Like these games are going to be close. What you see from the Dodgers in the regular season, them posting 10 run outings, unlikely for the most part. We're going to see a lot of three, maybe four run games at best from the Dodgers offense. One run, two run differential. You have to be able to pitch in close games. It was the second inning against the Braves that Lance Lynn gave up the runs. The second inning versus the Braves was ugly. Yeah. Speaking of Dodgers offense, because they did go off against the Marlins in this most recent game after kind of being flat for the most part in the month of September. How about Chris Taylor? I feel like he's been kind of under the radar this season. I have a strong opinion that he's actually been having a pretty good season. I know that he's not the all-star like Chris Taylor from 2021, but I mean, of a bench utility player, I have no complaints. I mean, he's hitting 233, which kind of a low batting average, but 15 home runs, 46 RBIs, 15 steals, a 770 OPS over the last 30 games. I mean, Chris Taylor's hitting 279 with a 415 on base. Over his last seven games, he has a 542 on base. If Chris Taylor is playing like this in the playoffs, you got to feel pretty good about him being an X-factor bat. I think, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, my my one thing is, is that you're, you're paying him $15 million to just hit left-handed pitching. And I don't know if you're getting enough value for that, at least at the moment. Um, this, this, these past couple seasons have been frustrating uh, for Chris Taylor. And I, I, you know, I'm cautious. I'm cautious when it comes to him because he, he can surprise you. And I think, I think when he does well, it always does surprise me because he, he can go through stretches where he can't hit anything or even make contact with the ball. So it's, it's very, there's a lot of peaks and valleys when it comes to Chris Taylor. So I'm, I'm hoping that the playoffs is a peak for him. Uh, just like it was in 2017, when he absolutely, uh, you know, lit the world on fire. I, I, I really hope that 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 he can, that he can come through here. Um, going down the stretch, he he's certainly uh, hitting better of late. I, and today is just another day to to bolster his confidence. You know, three hits, five RBIs, that three run home run. Um, I think he's seeing pitches well. So yeah, I think I think he's picking up. Um, the Dodgers win. Uh, what do they win? They win twenty four of twenty nine games, um, and then they lose these games. This happened in two thousand seventeen. The Dodgers went twenty four and something in July through August, and then in September, I think they went like one in sixteen. Um, so says it's always Demon. September. What's uh, right? And so, but here's the deal. 2017, they go into this slump. But what happens? They're in the World Series. Now, I'm not saying this is 2017 team. No, this is not. But I am saying this, ebb and flow. Ebb and flow. That's what we're in a little bit of a slump. Maybe the Dodgers are getting out of it now. And going into the playoff hot as an offense is exactly what we want to do. And I'm telling you, Jason Hayward, Chris Taylor, um, Rosario, Rosario, uh, Rosario, they are, they're, they're coming together. Um, and you are starting to see that bottom six, bottom six are really starting to pick it back up. And so I'm happy about that. Here's, here's my, here's my worry, uh, in the playoffs, because we've seen what these lineups look like versus right-handed pitching and versus left-handed pitching versus right-handed pitching. This lineup is leaps and bounds better than the lineup that they put out against left-handed pitching. And that's what worries me. I like Ahmed Rosario. I think he's a great player. He's a great clubhouse guy. He's got a lot of spark, definitely a lot of speed, but I cannot stomach having him bat fourth in the playoffs. Like that just can't, that just can't happen. Thankfully, Uh, JD Martinez returns tomorrow. Oh, he does. Great. I can't wait for that. I've been waiting for that for a long time. I really am excited about JD Martinez. I really hope that he, that his injuries don't nag him the rest of the way because we need him. Uh, we desperately need him in the middle of this order. We've missed that bat for a long time. It's an all-star. And 
And, you know, these lineups where they have Rosario, Kike Hernandez, Austin Barnes, Rojas. I mean, they're good. They're all decent players. But when you're going up against the the Braves and you saw their lineup, Michael Harris is their number nine hitter. He's got almost 30 homers. I mean, their their top to bottom is, is significantly better than our top to bottom. And it really drops off against left-handed pitching. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm actually pretty concerned about that. We going into the playoffs. Cause you know that Dave Roberts and co they're going to, they're going to platoon the shit out of this. And I'm worried that we're, that we're losing guys like Hayward and Peralta versus left-handed pitching. And I really think that those guys need to be. Yeah, in. Uh, definitely, definitely need Peralta in there. I mean, that's another guy that's got a lot of experience and, is a solid bat. I know his batting average is down, but he, I think he's solid. He definitely needs to be in there. And I love Jason Hayward in right field. His defense is basically Amazing. giving you what Mookie Betts was giving you. That catch that he he made um, in the Lance Lynn start when the bases were loaded. I think they called him Spider-Man out there. I thought that was off the wall for sure, but the fact that he was able to grab that ball speaks volume to his athleticism even this late into his career i want to do yep. want to do a, a few quick shout outs on instagram and then we got to get into something that nobody really wants to talk about but we have to do it uh georgia utah on instagram will we see gavin stone start for the dodgers before the postseason i think you'll see gavin stone at least one more time um young jeremy 21 based on the recent news would you convert ryan yarborough to a full-time starter I think you would only do that if Kershaw has to go on the IL. Uh, let's see what else we got. Harmony Davis, 29. What should the postseason rotation and bullpen look like? I think we did a pretty good job of explaining the rotation. Uh, thank you, Harmony, as well, for being a loyal listener. And also and, on YouTube, Harmony, I see. Yeah. And then we'll get to a little more of these in a minute. But all right. It's time to get into this. Julio Arias really screwed the Dodgers over. I don't even know where to begin, but I am really disappointed. I'm sad as a Dodgers fan. This was one of my favorite pitchers to watch. Iconic moment in 2020 when he recorded the final out of the World Series. I'll be honest and blunt. It's a little ruined for me now. It's going to be hard for me to watch that clip and have the same feeling. That's why I hope the Dodgers win another World Series ASAP. But you want to talk about a guy that's hurting the team where is the where is the accountability? Where is his head at? This is easily the worst timing possible that a pitcher could ever do to his team. This is worse than the timing of Trevor Bauer. I mean, the Dodgers needed Julio Arias in the postseason. Whether he was a shitty pitcher or not, that remains to be seen. But my goodness, the timing of this, the only repeat offender, he's going to be suspended. When it all comes out, the TMZ reports are pretty ugly from what their sources say. He shoved a woman into a gate and then it may have escalated into his automobile where I guess he supposedly beat her up in there as well. But you can write him off as a Dodger. He's done there. There's no bringing him back. I mean, let's take it back to the very beginning. He was a free agent entering the season or entering into this offseason. I mean, before we even talk about performance, you would have assumed when he hit the free agent market, this was a guy that was going to make probably close to $200 million with Scott Boris being his agent. The performance wasn't really there this season. It always kind of felt like his head wasn't fully invested into these starts to begin with. I don't know if he was thinking about his next payday or what, but then this blow up after the soccer game at BMO stadium, what an utter disgrace. I mean, I don't even know. I really, I'm just perplexed. I, I did not see this coming and I'm shocked and disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I agree with every, every sentiment you just said, Kevin. First of all, all the details of this have not been released or confirmed um, where, you know, we're hearing, we're hearing uh, rumors and things like that hearsay. Um, but if all of these allegations and accusations are true and it turns out that he is charged with something or at the very least suspended by major league baseball. He definitely should not be pitching for the Dodgers or any team uh, 
certainly the Dodgers for the rest of his career. I, you know, whatever other team decides to do with with their money and and whatever is is up to them. But he is done as a Dodger. I don't think anybody, uh, any fan, wants to see him pitch again uh, for for what he did, especially after this fan base gave him a second chance after what happened in 2019 at the Beverly Center. You know, he was suspended for 20 games, and those charges were dropped. And it, it looked a bit murky there for a moment, but he was able to rebuild his image and then come back onto the scene and close out the 2020 World Series in this just beautiful moment. And now, again, we're having to we're having to answer these questions about Julio Rios. It is just so sad. It's so sad for the the victim involved in this. It is so sad for the Dodgers. It is so sad for everything uh, that 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 comes with a story like this. Um, on the baseball side of things, couldn't have come at a worse time. Uh, this team really needed him. Uh, they were counting on him. He's had a horrendous season. His body language has been absolutely abhorrent. Uh, even Oral Hershiser pointed it out in his final start uh, this season where he just, you know, was kind of, not really in it. Um, his body language was just bad. And so the Dodgers are stuck with a depleted rotation going into October when they already didn't really have like, uh, uh, they, they had way more question marks even with him in the rotation, given the fact that he had not, has not been good this year. So it's just really unfortunate. And it, it, it's just, it's, it's just fucked up. It just really is. So first and foremost, um, Nobody, male or female, nobody deserves to be the victim of domestic violence. And for men, I don't care how annoying your wife or girlfriend or whatever is, partner is, I don't care if they get in your face and they're yelling at you, spitting at you, whatever. You never, never hit a woman unless she's charging you with a knife. That is it. There is no way you strike a woman. So some of the fans saying, well, you don't know the story. You don't know what she did. I don't care what she did. If she did not try to kill him with a, with a, with a knife or a gun, then no, you don't hit a woman. Okay, now, Julio and Trevor Bauer. Julio's situation is way worse than Trevor Bauer's because it is domestic violence. Trevor Bauer's situation was in the confines of um, consensual. Trevor is not guilty of a crime. Trevor was guilty of being stupid. Right now, Julio is not guilty of anything in the eyes of the court. But in the eyes of the witnesses, in the eyes of public, Julio has done it again. And what has he done again? He has not been able to control his emotions. Maybe he was drunk. I don't know. But I will say this. Alcohol and anger do not mix. Julio put the Dodgers in the same position that Trevor Bauer put the Dodgers in. Taking away a big-time needed pitcher. Now, Julio's situation is worse because, well, it is in the heat of the playoff push. It is worse because, well, we don't have other pitchers. We have a limited number of pitchers. Julio messed up. Here is what's going to happen with Julio. Julio is going to have to go to court. And they are going to decide if they have enough evidence to press charges. And then his court stuff takes off. And so right then and there, MLB is not going to make any decisions as far as punishment. So what you are going to see is you are going to see administratively for the remainder of the season. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. You're going to see administrative leave for the remainder of the season and for the remainder of the playoffs. You are going to wait. MLB is going to wait and see how the legal process pushes out. Then once that starts happening, once the legal stuff starts coming together, I see the MLB suspending Julio for two years. I see a two-year suspension. Why? Because this is the second time. Julio is the only player in the history of MLB's policy since 2015 to, to be suspended Twice. So they're going to make an example of him. MLB, ML, MLBPA is going to appeal that, and you might see it get pushed down to a year. So here's the deal. He is done with the Dodgers this year. 
then Julio is not going to be playing next year. You might see Julio in the Mexico League. Um, I don't know the relationship between MLB and that league, whether that league wants to honor MLB suspension and says, no, we don't want you. I really don't know. Um, and then when he comes back, he is going to be cheap. He is going to be cheap. And I just don't see the Dodgers picking him up. No, I the, just there's don't. no way. There's no way that, that the Dodgers are going to bring him back in any capacity because quite frankly, they don't want to answer questions for an entire season about why they made this decision. Uh, same thing with Trevor Bauer. I mean, you know, like they, they don't want to answer those questions. They don't want the distractions away from the team. They're trying to win titles. You know, they're, they're, they don't want that kind of, of PR nightmare, but also from an organizational standpoint, they don't want to employ anyone that has done this or has been accused of doing something like this. They don't want that person anywhere yeah. near their organization. And the, other thing and the other thing I'll say, yeah, having done it twice. And the other thing I'll say is this. Pro athletes need to be held to a higher standard than everyone else. And that's just, that's just the fact. I mean, you are one, uh, you are a Los Angeles Dodger. That is a high profile position to be in. Not only that, you're one of the best pitchers on the start uh, on the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's another notch in your belt that you have to uphold. You, you need to be better. He needs to be better. You know, that's just plain and simple. And hopefully he can, I don't know, learn from this, but I don't really give a shit. I don't want him on my team anymore. He's done. And, and that should be the end of it. You know, and again, the thing is, and for everyone listening, stop blaming the girlfriend. Stop blaming the girlfriend. I don't care if it's 50-50. I don't care if it's 60-40 her. Stop blaming the girlfriend. No man should ever put his hands on a woman. I went through a divorce. I wasn't happy with the divorce. I didn't want the divorce. I had to jump through all kinds of hoops. But what I never did, I never hit my ex-wife. I never hit her as a girlfriend, fiance, wife, ex-wife. It does not matter what fans think a woman put him through. This is not on her. This is on Julio. Julio not controlling his anger. Julio not controlling his emotions. Julio in 2019 got out of all of this by taking anger management, by doing counseling, by doing community service. He didn't learn his lesson because last year in the player's parking lot, last year he got into it with her and had to be separated. Last year, that could have been another legal problem, but that didn't go that far. And then we have this year where it has. Julio has not learned his lesson and I don't think the courts are going to go easy on him this time because of that. Yeah. And there was a key number thrown out there. He already had a 20 game suspension and he wasn't convicted or charged with anything. Then even if he gets away with it, this go around MLB, it's their league. They have the authorization to do whatever they want. And I think Danny's right. You will see at least a minimum of a one year suspension for Julio Arias. That means Scott Boris probably will drop him as a client. I don't know if any team's going to be willing to take a chance on him a year plus removed from the game of baseball. But if it, if they do, he will come at a very cheap rate and who knows what kind of pitcher he will be at that point in his career. But the point is he really screwed up. He's never going to get the big payday and the Dodgers have cut, are going to cut ties and that's the way it should be. And I get it. The NFL, the NBA, the MLB, NHL, they are all about making money, all about the bottom dollar. But bottom line, you have got to start taking a stand and saying no to violence, no to domestic violence. And the only way you're going to start doing that is by suspending guys for two years, two years. You need to, these guys need to know, no, you work for us. You wear our brand, not the Dodgers brand the MLB brand, you work for us, you represent us, and boom, if I did this, I'm a hospice chaplain. If I did this, I wouldn't be a chaplain anymore. I'd be fired and drop of a hat. MLB got to take this serious. No more 20-game suspension. Yeah, it's got to be a year, and I think it's going to be.
And Maria G brings up a really good comment in our chat section. She says, I know we all share the same anger and disappointment, but as a Mexican Dodger fan, this hurts on another level. Obviously, I'm not Mexican, so I'm not going to speak for an entire community, but I do have to imagine that there is a lot of disappointment out there because when they honored Fernando Valenzuela, retired his jersey number, I feel like there was you know, a connection between Urias being this generation's representation of Mexico. I mean, he pitched for them in the World Baseball Classic, for crying out loud. He's really important to an entire community, and so I imagine from that perspective, it's got to be a big letdown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like this, you know, Julio, Julio was, was one of the key faces, one of the key faces of team Mexico in the WBC. One of not the, but one of, but for the Dodgers, he was the face. And so, yeah, so people are hurting and, and it's not just, an embarrassment. It is a massive frustration and disappointment. And, but, you know, like I said, I'm seeing a lot of people blaming the girlfriend. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I don't care. You need to control how you respond to situations. For sure. Um, any other final thoughts on Julio Arias before we get to our final, like 15 minutes? I think this is the last we've seen of Julio in a Dodgers jersey. I'm surprised yep. the MLB team shop hasn't pulled his jerseys yet. They canceled the bobblehead, thankfully, but surprised the jerseys. I think are still when there. you get to Dodger Stadium, you're not even going to see a clearance rack. I just think they're going to be gone. Um, can I br- can I bring something up that I just saw on X or Twitter? Um, Absolutely. This is un- this is unrelated to Julio. This is this is completely different. This is about Mookie Betts. Uh, Jack Harris of the LA Times, he covers the Dodgers. Uh, he goes, can confirm Mookie Betts left the stadium tonight on crutches. Uh, Betts left the game in the eighth inning after fouling a ball off his foot earlier in the game. So that's not cool. Um, again, just reading that for the first time. Uh, so... X-rays on Mookie Betts' foot post-game were negative. Team will see how he is feeling tomorrow. Okay. Anytime you hear the word crutches, that's never a good thing. Um, the You know, d- just fouling a ball off your foot and it hurting or bruising or whatever is one thing, but having having to need support from crutches is, is a whole other deal. So I hope that it's just a precaution and that it's not serious because um, – God damn it! If that's something, I, I don't even know what. But uh, we're 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 keep we're 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 keeping the optimism out there. Uh, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see on that. Yeah, Mookie Betts Getty images. Yeah, that's a, that's some unfortunate news for sure. Um, definitely won't expect to see him in the lineup tomorrow when the Dodgers begin a three game series against the Nationals. Just to kind of uh, preview the next uh, week or so ahead for the Dodgers pretty light schedule i mean the nationals these are three games that they should be able to win the series uh at least take two or three they got mckenzie gore uh irvin and trevor williams so trevor williams is that asshole who you know made those comments about the trans nuns night or whatever but that's i don't know the nationals are a team that you know there's not much to really uh analyze on them but we'll see how the dodgers do but yeah, this Mookie Betts news certainly comes at a surprise. Didn't know about this till uh, Jake brought it up, but hopefully it's nothing serious and give him a few days off and everything will be okay moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to pay attention to this tonight and be looking at all of that. Oh uh, yeah, just a quick. Fuck is it about September? It's just like it's just a cursed month for us every fucking year. Like that Max Muncy injury that happened at first base. Like it's just every goddamn year there's something. Yeah. Quick more, quick shout outs on Instagram. Ao underscore Christian nineteen. Will the Dodgers be able to beat the Braves in the playoffs after losing to them this series? I mean, the Braves handed to handed it to us. They took three or four. 
But what I always say is that once the postseason begins, it's a clean slate. It's anyone it's anyone's game. And then uh, Jason Dot Castillo also asked question for the next podcast. Do you think the Dodgers have the starting pitching to win in October? He's skeptical. Uh, again, we talked about the Dodgers rotation. I think there are some op- there is some reason to be optimistic with the rise of Ryan Pepio, and then we'll see how Clayton Kershaw looks the rest of the way. But uh, appreciate all you guys on Instagram asking us questions um, in the chat. Everyone who's following along, this is probably your time to ask any questions now, and we'll take care of those. Uh, we probably got about ten minutes left of the show, but. If there was anything you guys wanted to talk about in particular or any segments on your mind, it's a good time to bring anything up. Um, one thing that I wanted to bring up is if Austin Barnes is going to be in the lineup for the regular season or if he w- winds up behind the plate in the postseason, I, I, think, I think we need to have him bunt every time. I really do. Uh, it, it, and again, not, not every time you don't want to bunt with nobody on base, but anytime there's a situation with less than two outs and runners aboard, you got to have him bunt, move the runners over, you know, he he'll, he'll get a surprise hit once in a while or, and, and even a surprise Homer once in a while. So there, there is a shot that he could come up big in, in a, any given situation. But when you've got Mookie bets coming up the top of the order, uh, the next inning, or the, 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 you know, the next batter, you Austin Barnes is going to get out nine times out of 10. So might as well make it a productive out. Um, that was one thought that I had, but it's just unfortunate. The Dodgers are in such a kind of a precarious situation right now. I mean, injuries um, the, with the Julio situation, uh, it's just, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Uh, you know, we're a few weeks away from the end of the season and it, it's not looking great. Although I have to say that I felt good going into postseasons in the past and have been just completely disappointed. So maybe this is good. Maybe this is good that this is happening now and they'll, they'll figure it out. And this will be like the ragtag bunch that gets it done. I know that uh, we as a fan base are, it is ring or nothing. It is, it is championship or fail. I get it. Let me tell you just real quick. This season was supposed to be a bust. This season, we were supposed to barely clear maybe 85, 88 games. This season, we were not supposed to be in the World Series. This season was not supposed to be. This was supposed to be the Padres season. This was going to be the Padres and the Mets and the Braves. And you know what? It was going to be like this. Padres won. Dodgers Giants fighting it out for number two. The Dodgers have faced adversity after adversity after adversity. We lost pitchers here, pitchers there, players on IL left and right. Our bullpen was messed up the whole season. And look at where we are. We are 13 games above, maybe 14 games above five, above. The, the next team in our division, we are 30 games or a little bit more above 500. The Dodgers are doing what the Dodgers do because of chemistry, because of the clubhouse, because of just that winning mentality that they have and the culture that they have. So the Dodgers going into the playoffs, even if Mookie Betts is a little banged up, Man, you know what? This is this is a fun season to watch. This is a fun team to watch. This is a team that has fought adversity, and I see them continuing to do it throughout September and the playoffs. I agree with that. This team has been really fun. It's a tight unit. There has been a lot of adversity, but sometimes you need adversity so that you don't get complacent like we saw with last year's team keeled over when it uh it mattered most and i feel like this team there's just something different about them i feel like if they're down early in the fight they're not going to quit doesn't matter if they have some injuries i mean there's still a lot of reinforcements to come back with this dodgers bullpen hopefully it sounds like uh joe kelly is about a week away or give or take 
Yancy Almonte. We're waiting for him to return. And then who knows with Walker Bueller, that would be a huge boost one way or another if they're able to get Walker Bueller in some type of capacity. Uh, last shout out that I will do, which was on X. This is another loyal listener. Dodge 16 underscore 12. Is, na- is it now threat level midnight with our pitching staff? Seems like a lot of our listeners over the past week have been a little down on the Dodgers pitching, which I understand that there were some very frustrating starts. But this is what's going to make the month of September um, exciting. There's there's some serious competition out there. This might be the first year in quite some time where we can't really lock down who's making the Dodgers postseason roster from a pitching staff standpoint because there is a lot of question marks. There's a lot of open competition, and it's kind of almost like spring training. The yeah. only sexy name we have on that pitching rotation happens to be Clayton Kershaw and his sexy is looking a little bit on the old side right now. And so that's a little bit down Bobby Miller. Bobby Miller is man. He is just a rookie and he is doing veteran things. So, I mean, look, I know we don't have the big names. I know we don't have the consistency of Urias Walker Bueller. Dustin May, I get it. So here's the deal. This year, it is not go with who brought who got you there. This year, it really is go with what you have. And this is what we have. So better get behind it. Better pick it up. Better start cheering it on because this is what you have. You have Kershaw, Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepio. Boom, those three. Then you have Yarbrough. You have um Sheehan, and you have Lance Lynn. And then hopefully you have an 80% or above Walker Bueller. Let's ride. All right. <laughs> one, we got one question from Harmony Davis in the chat. Does the Urias situation mess with the Dodgers clubhouse chemistry? I don't think so. They'll kick him out of it the probably group helps. <laughs> and with that being said, yeah. let's, let's do our final thoughts. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. Uh, my final thoughts are, you know, th- this last couple weeks of the season is going to be insane. I think you there, there's so many things up in the air when it comes to this team that I, I don't know if we're going to see the same team come October. Like it, it may look a little, it may look a lot different um, in terms of these injuries, in terms of uh, emerging talent and declining veterans um it it is going to be a wild uh final month this season as they get tuned up for the playoffs because there's nothing to play for right now they're not playing for the best record in baseball they don't even want the best record in baseball strategically and the division is locked up so they're not playing for anything wins and losses wise but what they are playing for is to get a good rhythm going into october and to get guys healthy and ready for the postseason. I want to once again, thank Danny for joining us. Make sure you're following him on Instagram. You can find him on Instagram, Dodger underscore fan underscore page 88. Like I mentioned to kick off the show, one of my go-tos for all the Dodgers content. He is absolutely killing it over there on the IG. Thank you. Thanks, Um, Danny. I, again, real quick, uh, Dodgers take two of three from Washington because I don't see Mookie playing the first game. Dodgers take two of three from the Padres. I think the Dodgers are going to be okay. I think they're going to pick it up. I think we're good. Guys, thank you for having me on. Oh, of, of course. course. Anytime. I love your insight. You bring the passion. Um, even on the live stream, I love your perspective. So it's always a pleasure having you on, Danny. Uh, my final thoughts are just more of like a preview. As Danny just mentioned, the Dodgers do play the Padres uh, to kick off next week. So might try to squeeze together a last minute show to preview that series and talk about the downfall that is the San Diego Padres because they deserve 20 minutes of shame on their own. They are on the yes, verge. Dance on their graves. They are on the verge of elimination I'm, of a disastrous season. And I'm telling you, um, please forgive me. I kept receipts. and so i'm telling you i got a video coming out oh i might have three or four and and padre fans it's on you you can't (laughs) be at the beginning of the season 
yeah, I kept receipts. So, yeah, and they, all the Padre they, pages, the Padre pages that follow me, you've all been good to me. This isn't about you. This is about some of those knucklehead, knucklehead fans. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they kept our receipts too. When they, when they stomped us out of the postseason last year. So it's, it's payback yep. time. And if you're, if you're yeah. trying to go to one of those Dodger Padres games in person, I will say the best deals out there are over on TickPick. So make sure to download the app. No services at checkout. NFL season is this Sunday. I mean, you got the Chiefs and Lions playing right now, but real NFL kicks off this Sunday. If you want to go to a game, check out TickPick. I'm telling you, they've got the best prices out there. Go ahead, Danny. Chiefs and Lions. Is that still preseason tonight? No, it's uh, regular season. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Dodgers. That's all I've been focused on, guys. Dodgers. So, yeah, get your Dodgers tickets over there on TickPick. Proud sponsor of this podcast. And if you guys don't have anything else to say, well, thank you guys for hopping on. Everyone in the chat following along. Let's ride. Got just a few weeks left to Dodgers baseball, baby. Hey, let's go Dodgers. Let's go Dodgers. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Make sure to subscribe to the Incline Dodgers podcast, wherever you get your podcast, or follow and like us on YouTube. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.